0: Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport, even from the seats in the upper decks, you could see the seashore. Tailgate function with the corny aside. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres on mine. Yeah, because for the 619 we'll knock you down. Anything for the Brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the Brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say what's going on everybody welcome to episode 250 of the talking for Hours podcast and youtube show i'm your host ben fad and the san Diego padres are one win away from the nlcs it would be the first national league championship series of my lifetime the first since 1998 don't want to get too far ahead of myself talking about the world series or the padres being the favorites to get to the World Series out of the NL because the Phillies are leading the Brave Series. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about tonight, tonight's win, enjoy tonight's win, and the amazing, crazy atmosphere that was at Peco Park tonight. And I want to talk about how the Padres can get that win tomorrow night. And they don't have to go back to Dodger Stadium for a Game 5, right? That's what I want the focus on to be tonight. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in here, whether that's live on YouTube or on replay. Uh, or it's on the podcast platforms. I really appreciate you being with me tonight. What a huge win by the San Diego Padres, two to one. They're up two to one in the series. That's kind of fitting. And the first home playoff game in front of fans since 2006, when I was three years old. Maybe it was worth the wait. I guess. But I mean, from the crowd, I—that's why I'm saying that. Maybe it was worth the wait. What a freaking atmosphere. I mean, from the beginning of the game, before the game, you had the beat L.A. chants going the whole time. You had everyone waving the towels, their yellow rally towels that the Padres gave out the entire night. You had the beat L.A. chants the entire night. You know, sometimes during those regular season Padre-Dodger games, the beat L.A. chants, yeah, maybe you start that at the beginning of the game. But it kind of dies because the Dodgers, either they take the lead or the Dodger fans through, you know, the entire third base side, they, you know, just take over the ballpark, at least the sound and the chance and all that. But that was not the case tonight. I mean, total props to Padres fans and all those season ticket holders that didn't sell their tickets and all the Padres fans that went out and bought those tickets that the Padres were offering to people in San Diego and around uh, this spot, you know, in California, not in L.A., and Dodger fans, they can whine all they want about the Padres not allowing L- the L.A. market to purchase Padres tickets. Well, keep whining, wham, wham, wham. You can go buy it on StubHub. But Padres tickets, they didn't, they did not get sold to many Dodger fans. Looking around the ballpark tonight, it was like 90% Padres fans and 10% Dodger fans. Maybe even less than that. Uh, My mom didn't even agree with that total. She thought it was a little less than that, 10%. So that just shows you how great this crowd was, how much people showed up tonight. And I just can't give enough props to us Padres fans for doing that. After the game was over on the concourse, all these Padres fans chanting, Beat LA. It was the best atmosphere I've ever been at. Best sporting event atmosphere I've ever probably been at. I mean just again from start to finish whenever there was two strikes on a dodgers batter the crowd would stand up and cheer right uh i guess you know you got to give credit to the petco park uh sound production crew or whatever making sure that fans kept chanting beat la by putting that sound in right the uh the sound that obviously cues the padres fans to start chanting that right just an amazing amazing experience um You know, and then seeing all the media there, like I hadn't seen that before, like Tom Verducci and all those people there, right, covering the game for Fox on national television, and all the big people were there because it's Padres Dodgers, it's the postseason. You you don't usually see that, and I think it was cool. Um, Obviously, we're going to get to the game, but I think it was cool that the Padres allowed season ticket holders to get in two and a half hours early instead of just two hours, and They allowed the regular fans, the general public that were coming in uh, that aren't season ticket holders, they allowed them to come in two hours early instead of an hour and a half early to access the the whole ballpark. So props to everyone in this situation. I mean, before the game, I got into the season ticket holder line an hour before the gates opened. So I got there three and a half hours before the game was supposed to start. And there were 20 people in line in front of me. And then when the gates are about to open, two and a half hours before the game, so at like three o'clock, I look behind me, and this picture's out at Talking Friars on Twitter. There is no end in sight to that line to get into PECO Park. I mean, just fans, we're, we're so excited for this Padres team because this Padres team is doing something special. It's not like they were down 0-2 coming into game three today. No, no, no. It was tied 1-1 in that game on Wednesday night. That definitely showed Padres fans that, here, we can go win this series. We can beat the Dodgers. Going in, I said we can beat the Dodgers, but I, I don't think it's right to expect to. But now, the situation that they're in, especially taking the 2-1 lead, I definitely expect them to beat the Dodgers now. And if they don't beat the Dodgers, it's probably going to be a disappointment. I know that in the regular season, or I think probably at the end of the regular season, I said, no, it'll be a success if they win the wild card series and they're competitive against the Dodgers. So if I stick to that, well, then the season's already a success. But now, when you have a 2-1 lead against the Dodgers and you're playing better than they are, and the starting pitching is clicking, the offense is clicking, yeah, they scored two runs tonight. That's not seven, but at Petco Park, I was expecting a lower run total, and that's what happened. They scored more runs than the Dodgers. That's what matters. So in my terms, the offense is clicking, in my view. Um, As long as they score more than the Dodgers, the offense is clicking. Uh, The bullpen, again, shut the Dodgers out. That's four straight games that the bullpen has shut out their opponent in the postseason. Shut out the Mets on Sunday, Suarez and Hayter. And then game one, yeah, game one against the Dodgers didn't allow any runs. That was Clevenger who gave up those runs. Game two, Obviously, Suarez getting out of those jams and Hader getting out of the scoring position jams and all that. No runs allowed there. And then today, you had Nick Martinez coming after Snell. Snell pitched great, by the way. We'll talk about him. Nick Martinez, Luis Garcia, Robert Suarez, and Josh Hader combined for three and two-thirds scoreless innings tonight. Huge, huge performance by the bullpen. When Nick Martinez came in, made that athletic play off the mound, and he was fired up when he threw it over to first to Myers and got that out to end the inning. Garcia came in. Suarez, I mean, he I think he allowed the first runner to reach base, but then after that, he was shut down. Uh, he shut down that Dodgers order. And then Josh Hader to come in in the ninth. I was confident the game was going to be over there, but at that time, it was a one-run game, 2-1. And you just don't know. You know, the Dodgers, they do have a lot of talent in that lineup. They didn't win 111 games for no reason, right? So you know that one home run or something can tie it up. And now it's like, oh, no. Now we still got to go win this game. But Hater was locked down in that the last batter that he faced. I mean, or the second to last one, I think it was that changeup. That was nasty. I had to look back at it to see the changeup, how nasty it was, because. Well, I was sitting in Section 323, I'll be there tomorrow as well, um, You couldn't really see it. But that last batter, I mean, you didn't, have to, you didn't have to be close to see how much he blew away that last batter. I'm blanking on who was the last batter there, but just an amazing performance from the bullpen. Blake Snell tonight pitched great. I mean, I said on the pregame show, I'll take five uh, scoreless innings from Snell like he did In his last regular season start against the Dodgers at Petco this year, Uh, he gave up one run, but hey, I'm fine. They scored two runs, the Padres did, and they won the game. That was good enough. And Snell, I mean, you're going to, you probably should go in there expecting him to give up runs against the Dodgers. And for him to go five innings, pitch into the six, five innings like that, solid innings, gave up one run. And the one run that he gave up, it was on a sack fly, you know? The first inning, let me just make sure I get these details right. But the first inning, he, he allows, I think it was Mookie, to reach base. And then he strikes out all three guys. All three outs in that inning were strikeouts. Strikes out Trey Turner. Bet's got to second on the wild pitch. Uh, but then he strikes out Freeman looking. And then strikes out Will Smith. I believe it was on the check swing. I mean, just nasty stuff from Snell right from the get-go. And then in that third inning, the third inning I thought was huge. I'm going to always remember the pop-out that he got from Will Smith, popped out to Will Myers, bases loaded at that time, I believe, and he gets out of it. Yeah, in that third inning, walks Thompson, single to Barnes, and Freddie Freeman walks. So there was bases loaded there, and with two outs, gets Will Smith the pop out, and that's right there. That's when I was like, okay, we're feeling good or I'm feeling good at least. Like the Padres, they can definitely go win this game. Because um, it, it, it's shaky there, right? You know, Snell, sometimes he has that one blow-up inning. But that's not what happened tonight, right? So he, you know, he, he limited the damage, definitely. Um, he limited the damage, or he just didn't get any damage at all, right? Uh, limiting the damage, the sack fly, the one sack fly, right? And Or not allowing any damage at all. Damage, I guess, by allowing base runners and elevating his pitch count, but didn't allow any runs to score in that first and the third inning. I thought that was huge. And to have five innings like that and hand it off to the bullpen, they don't have to cover like six innings or anything like that. Uh, both, both the pitchers and the hitters did their jobs tonight. Both the starting pitchers and the relievers did their jobs tonight. Uh, so the starter and the relievers. It was just a great night overall. Um, And obviously, the offense, Crony coming through in that first inning, so happy for him. Obviously, anyone who knows me knows that uh, my favorite player is Jake Cronenworth. And there were people in this series, it still boggles my mind, there were people that were actually debating online if Jake Cronenworth should start against the Dodgers in this series. Before this series started, should Brandon Drury be playing second base? And I'm like, are you kidding me? We shouldn't even be debating this. This guy plays every day for the Padres, middle of the lineup. He was an all-star this year. Don't forget that. Just because he had one bad series against the Mets doesn't mean that you bench him. And Mel, guess what? He had faith in Trent Grisham going into that wild-card series. How'd that play out? And it's still playing out, obviously, with the home run today. Third postseason home run already. This postseason for Trent. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, staying with Crony after a bad wild card series. Staying with Will. And how has that worked out? Pretty darn well, I would say. Crony having the big home run uh, in game two. Scoring the go-ahead run on the pro-far single in game two. Dry, or uh, Yeah, because that made it, I think, 4-3 at that time. He did drive in the go-ahead run that made it, I think, 3-2 on uh, Wednesday night at one point. Huge game from him the other night. And then today, to come up first inning like that, a good at-bat, single to center. I didn't know if it was going to drop just because my angle in Petco at the game, it just wasn't that great for that specific play. I like the seats, but it just wasn't that great for that specific play to see if it was going to drop or not. There were some plays down the right field corner that you just didn't see. Uh, The Grisham home run, for example, I didn't even see it land, but I just saw the trajectory and it was like, that's gone. Um, And then obviously the reaction from the crowd and all that. By the way, the crowd went nuts when that happened. Uh, But yeah, I'm just glad Crony came through there and and Trent. This is just a story of not giving up, continuing to grind, uh, having unwavering confidence. Maybe Trent's confidence wavered at some point this year, but for him to just flush it right down the toilet, for Mel to flush it as well, because obviously he had faith in Grish, but for them to just flush it down the toilet, that regular season performance, where he struck out like 30 times in to end like September or whatever, just something terrible. Didn't get a hit in the second half of September at all, and then he got a couple hits in that Giants series. Uh, to have the hard hit ball, I think, his first at-bat off the first, and then to hit that homer, which ended up being the game winning run, just huge. I mean, who's the Padres MVP in this postseason so far? For me, it's Trent Grisham. I mean, you could make the case for um uh, I mean, Manny's come up pretty big in these game some games, and he, he came up big uh defensively and a little bit offensively in that Met series. You can make an argument for Robert Suarez or for, you know, the bullpen in general. I, I guess you should probably give it to the bullpen, but one single player I mean, you're probably not giving it to Joe, although, I mean, game three against the Mets, it was huge, the winner go home, but the offense did score six runs for him. I'd probably give it to Grisham, like, because he's playing every day, three home runs, he had that great catch in game three against the Mets, Uh, he's playing good defense, yeah, I know he had that one uh, ball that clanked off his glove in game two, but he had some good plays tonight, and obviously with the home run, and. Good comment here by Longball Prod here in the comments. Yes, Nola has been underrated. He's been good as well. He had the amazing throw in game two against the Dodgers on Wednesday night and against the Mets game three. He had that go-ahead hit, made it 2-0 at that time. That was huge, good at-bat, fouling off pitches outside the strike zone. And then, uh, I mean, tonight, he's the one that's catching Snell. Right? He's the one that's been catching every day. Bommel's had the confidence in him to say, no, you're catching every day. I'm not putting Alfaro back here. I'm not putting Campy back here. You're the guy. You know, He's the one that's been catching the bullpen and dealing with pitch or issues. Uh, Darvish wanted to use pitch for the first time at Dodger Stadium the other night, and it worked. Um, and Nola was like, all right, we'll adjust to that. We haven't done that all year, but sure, I'll adjust to that. So, yeah, I agree. Nola's been underrated this year, or or this uh, postseason, maybe not this year. I mean, he he didn't have a tremendous year, but the postseason, Grish and Nola hitting 8-9, they've been two of the most Padres, uh, the two of the most valuable Padres, I think. Um, Just an amazing night. And I know I kind of went off on a tangent about this postseason in general, but that's what's got us here to this point. Padres have a 2-1 series lead on the Dodgers. One more win, and this team is in the freaking NLCS. It's hard to believe. It really is. I mean, just winning one game against the Dodgers at home in the playoffs, it made me tear up at the end of that game tonight with Josh Hader striking out uh, whoever the heck that was in that ninth inning. I don't even care who that was. Trace Thompson, former Padre. Trace Thompson beat us in the regular season, not beating us in the postseason. Like, that's what matters. And Mookie Betts even said it post-game today. He's like, no, regular season doesn't matter. They're playing good baseball. They have have nice, shiny cars as well. Like, they're a good team. Damn well, yeah, that's right. We're a good team. Um, What a win. And that atmosphere, any of you in the chat, were any of you at Petco Park tonight? I want to hear your thoughts or see your thoughts in the chat. What did you think of the atmosphere tonight? I mean... Tremendous. I know some people were down on Kelsey Plum throwing out the first pitch. She went to La Jolla, Country Day. Number one pick at WNBA. Won a WNBA championship with the Las Vegas Aces this last year. She's so fun to watch. I know some people might not be in the WNBA or whatever, but I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, and got to take a picture with her by the dugout today. I was the only one that asked for a picture. Everyone else wanted to get like Darren Waller's autograph of the Raiders or something. Uh, but no, I appreciate her, and that was fun to see her. And she threw out the first pitch. Some fans are like, no, you got to have Trevor do it. Well, Eric Grubner said today that he's saving Trevor for maybe a later date. He is the closer, right? So you want to save him. Tomorrow's going to be an amazing moment. Jake Peavy probably wearing Musgrove's jersey throwing out the first pitch. The 44s get to share the same mound tomorrow. And Joe Musgrove, the hometown kid who grew up going to Padres games, who grew up getting in fights with Dodger fans, going for uh, Phil Nevin home run balls and batting practice. I don't know if you guys saw that story today that he was talking in the media about, but he gets a chance to send the Dodgers home, pull off one of the greatest upsets, probably in Major League Baseball postseason history. I mean, think about this. The Padres and the Dodgers, they had a 22-game gap in the regular season between the two teams. And no one picked the Padres except Padre fans to beat the Dodgers. I don't blame them, but it's still a sign of disrespect. And Joe has a chance to shut down the Dodgers tomorrow, just like Game 3 against the Mets, shut them down and move on to the next round. But this one's bigger. At home, his first postseason home start has a chance to send the Dodgers home back to LA back on that bus, take that five freeway back home. After winning 111 games, send them home after four games. That's all you get. You get one postseason win. Wouldn't that be tremendous? Talk about an upset. You talk about how, you know, Petco Park being nuts tonight. Imagine tomorrow night. I'll be in the building. My family's going to be there. That's going to be an amazing atmosphere. But imagine that tomorrow. The hometown kid shutting down the Dodgers, a team that he hated growing up and his family hated growing up and all of us hated as we've grown up. I mean, what a script. The script writes itself tomorrow. Now, obviously, it might not happen, and the Dodgers, they're an amazing team. I understand that. And look, as I said earlier in this episode, I'm not going to jump ahead to the World Series or the NLCS, but I'm just saying, imagine if that happens tomorrow. It would be an amazing, amazing script. I mean, Joe Musgrove, first no hitter in Padres history. Game three start against the Mets. Just absolutely deals. So much so that the opposing manager thinks he's cheating when he's not. He just dominates him. And then if he does that tomorrow in the NLCS, are you kidding me? Like, with Jake Peavy in attendance, throwing out the first pitch, sharing the mound before the game starts. I mean, that's just. An amazing, amazing story. So, I'm excited for tomorrow. We can talk about more. We can talk more, excuse me, about tonight's win. Uh, Let me know your thoughts on the win. I'll go through the chat here. I'll try to pull up some post-game quotes and stuff um, from the guys, if you guys are interested in that. I know you guys are probably going to be interested in what Trent Grisham said to Tom Verducci right after the game. I was at Petco Park, and... It was so loud in there. One, the ground was shaking during the seventh inning stretch at one point, by the way. That's how amazing the crowd was. Um, but yeah, Grish, when he was speaking with Tom Verducci post game, obviously had the go ahead game winning home run. I couldn't hear what he was saying. I mean, I heard him talking, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. The Petco Park crowd was that loud. The game was over, and it didn't feel like anyone left. Like it was just a party there. Just an amazing, amazing night, amazing atmosphere. And it's going to be probably better tomorrow night because the Padres have a chance to shut out the Dodgers. Not shut out, but shut down the Dodgers. Send them packing. Send them home. And take that two-hour bus trip back to L.A. And take those Dodger fans, whoever goes tomorrow, take their butts back to L.A. And make Bill Plasky, that idiot, make him look like an absolute clown by calling the Padres the adorable little Padres before the series started and saying that the Dodgers are the older brother to the Padres um, and saying here's reasons why you should hate the Padres to Dodger fans. You know, like just those clowns, the Fox people, A-Rod, Big Poppy, Frank Thomas, uh, all those guys that didn't pick the Padres to win the series. David Ortiz picked the Dodgers to sweep. Well, they've already lost two games to the Padres. That's not going to work. Arod picked the Dodgers in four. That's impossible now. They're going to have to win in five if they do win the series. And obviously, I'm confident that they won't based on the way the Padres are playing right now, but just make all those people that think they know what they're talking about, make them look stupid tomorrow night. That would be amazing to see. And by the way, I already have a shirt made up in case the Padres do win this series that I'll put out tomorrow, tweet out tomorrow. Uh, because I'm going to get back at some of those people that doubted the Padres. If they finish the job, obviously. Look, they still have to finish the job. The job's not done. Still got the win tomorrow. Still got a win maybe in Game 5. They can't get the job done tomorrow, but I am confident in this team. And this season's probably not a success now if they don't win this series. I mean, it's an accomplishment. It was a great year, but to have a 2-1 lead on the Dodgers and playing this well, you have Joe Musgrove on the mound in Game 4. And even in Game 5, yeah, maybe you face Arias, or you you would face Arias, but still, you're playing really, really good baseball. you got to win the series, I think, now. I know the Dodgers are a really good team, but the Padres are a very, very good team right now as well. They're not not playing like an 89-win team. They're playing like a 111-win team, doing everything possible to get wins, playing as a team. Every aspect is working right now. The starting pitching is working. Even when Darvish didn't have the best start the other night, the Padres still won that game. They battled back and won that game. The bullpen hasn't given up a run in forever. Joe Musgrove, last start, seven innings against the Mets. Shut them down. The lineup, top to bottom. You know Juan Soto almost hit two bombs tonight, by the way. Uh, I want to mention that. He put some good swings on the ball. Um, Manny, obviously, he's just great defensively every night. Crony came through. Grisham came through. Nola got two hits tonight. I think he was two for two in his first two at-bats. And I think he walked his third at-bat. Or he got on base, I think, in his third at-bat. Whatever. Just bottom of the lineup coming through. Everyone coming through right now. Bommel's pulling the rope. Everything's working. And I hope that that continues. All right. Get to the chat here. Um... Everyone is happy. LFGSD, the crowd was amazing. I really wish I was back in San Diego for that. Yeah, it was amazing. Anyone going tomorrow? Or This is probably, the podcast is probably, you're probably going to be listening to this on Saturday morning. So if you're going later today, get pumped up. I mean, it's going to be a party again. Going tomorrow? Yes, I am going tomorrow. Long ball, prod, yep. Grish, big night from him, big night from him. Luis says Grisham is a postseason Padres legend, Padres postseason legend. I mean, right now, yeah. I mean, if the Padres go far, far, yeah. Even if they don't, like, you're going to remember him coming through against the Mets and having an all-time wild card series against the Mets. You're going to remember the Padres' first home playoff, real home playoff game, because 2020 didn't count, their first real home playoff game since 2006. Grisham beats the Dodgers with a home run. You're going to remember that. And so, yeah, he is a postseason Padres legend right now. Mr. October, you know, Reggie Jackson, that's Trent Grisham right now. I'm not even exaggerating. Three home runs this postseason. The guy was hitting well under 200 during the regular season, and he flipped that switch. He said, I don't care what happened in this regular season. I'm here to dominate right now. That's what he did. Or that's what he's doing right now. The postseason obviously isn't over. The series isn't over. I hope that he has a huge game tomorrow to finish it off. Mike says another nail-biter, sitting at the edge of your seat game from the first pitch. Yeah, I mean, I didn't eat any food at Petco. Usually, I have something before the game or whatever. I got there three and a half, or yeah, I got there three and a half hours before the game started. Sat in line for an hour before the season ticket member gate opened, and then I stood by the Padres dugout for an hour plus um and just took it all in and went up to my went up to my seats and just watched the game i mean the last thing i'm focused on is eating or doing anything except watching the game so yeah it was definitely nail biting and i to be honest i wish i would have like smiled more i guess during the game but it was just nail biting it was it was just oh no let's i mean just Let's not choke this. Let's we have the lead, but it's the whole game. It was close. There, there was no five nothing lead like the Dodgers had at one point in Game One. Right, there was nothing like that. It was close the entire time. So it was like you know the biggest lead, right? It was two nothing before uh, the sack fly by I think Mookie or Mookie scored whatever it was. Um, the one run Snell gave up in I think the fifth inning, but it was close the whole time. And so, yeah, every pitch, everyone was hanging out on every pitch. I mean, you look up, or if I looked up around the stands the whole night, you did not see a group of seats empty. No, 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 everything was filled. No one was getting up. It seemed like it was just an amazing atmosphere, and an atmosphere I've never been a part of. I mean, that Sunday playoff clincher where they lost, but they clinched, a cl- they clinched, clinched, they clinched a playoff spot. That was great. And I'm going to remember that for a while, but you could see some open seats, you know, like it was joy, but you're not going to top this. A game against the Dodgers where Padres fans showed up and they win and it put them one win away from the first NLCS they've ever been at since 1998. It'll be the first NLCS if they get there in Petco Park history. For the Padres, they did it in 2020, but again, that doesn't count. Like, that's amazing. Mike says, sorry, I don't care who's pitching. I don't want to see Myers in the lineup tomorrow, or Bell for that matter. You can bet we're going to need some offense tomorrow, not strikeouts. I don't know. I mean, we have Joe Musgrove on the mound. This guy, I'm very confident. I'm more confident in him than any Padres pitcher, any Padres starting pitcher at least. I mean, I'm very confident in Suarez, very confident in Hayter. Definitely Padres starting pitcher. He's the guy I'm most confident in. He's the one I want on the mound to determine the Padres' fate. Either it goes to a game five or they shut down the Dodgers and they pull off a huge upset nationally, national-wise, national perspective. Because Padres fans, we believe, but nationally, they they didn't. Um, So... There's no one I'd rather have you know there's no one I'd rather have be able to tip the scale to uh, have that in their control, the Padre's destiny, either way, game four tomorrow, you know um in terms of that comment about Bell and Myers, I mean that's probably impossible to have Bell and Myers in it or out of the lineup. Myers is playing first base tomorrow. I don't even care what the matchup is. He's going to play first base. I would think the lineup's probably going to be about the same. Who's pitching? Tyler Anderson. So maybe Drury gets in there because he's a righty and he hits better probably against lefties than Bell does as a righty. But Myers is going to be in the lineup tomorrow. I'm probably going to guarantee that. I would guarantee that. You're going to see it'll be Profar, it'll be Soto, Manny, Drury probably, and if not, then Bell, and then it'll be Crony, Myers, Kim, Grisham, Knoll. It's going to be the same lineup. They're winning, you keep the same lineup. It's working, you keep the same lineup. Doe says Machado didn't run hard to second and got thrown out by Turner due to a lack of effort. Okay, come on. You think Machado has a lack of effort in the postseason? Stop. I'm just going to keep scrolling because that comment's kind of dumb. I agree, Maria. Great to see fans showing up. Yep. Christopher says, let's give Joe some run support tomorrow. Would love to see us close this on the day PV throws out the first pitch. I agree. That'll be amazing. I got a chance to interview PV and talk to Peavy uh, at the MLB Draft Combine earlier this year, and hopefully I'll get the chance to tomorrow again. Uh, but he's... He loves Joe. I mean, Joe's his guy. Musgrove, you know, His guy is Peavy, but Jake loves Joe as well. And when I talked to him at the MLB Draft Combine, remember, you can go look at that video here on this YouTube channel. I posted it there months ago, and he said he was campaigning on the video. He was like, let's get Joe to start the All-Star game. Joe for All-Star game starter. That was before he kind of had that rough patch, and he wasn't going to start, but he was getting that campaign. He wanted that. I think I asked him about Joe for Cy Young at that point. Obviously, now that's not going to happen because he did have that rough patch, but he's overcome that, and that's all that matters right now. Um, at least that's all I care about right now. But he was in that Cy Young conversation, so I asked him about it, and he was he was like, first, let's get an all-star game starter. Like He is a huge supporter of Joe and what he's done for the city and being the hometown guy and all that. It's just an amazing a uh, thing, an amazing bond. Uh, Darren Smith, I was listening as I was waiting in line today on Darren Smith's show, San Diego Sports 760, and um, he asked Jake, he had him on the show today, he asked Jake Peavy, are you going to put some icy hot on your balls, you know, where the sun don't shine? He didn't say balls, but, you know, where the sun don't shine. Uh, and he's like, dude, I'll do whatever it takes if, that, if it gets a Padres win. Maybe he'll have some down there where the sun don't shine tomorrow. For that first pitch. It's one pitch, but he's willing to do whatever it takes. He, he was joking, but he would be the guy to do that. I mean, he could probably he'd be the guy to have so much adrenaline to be like, hey, bomo if you need me for game five, I'll sign a one-day contract, put me in a uni, and let's go. Like that's what it felt like listening to him talk today. Um, so yeah, he's he's gonna be pumped up tomorrow. He's probably gonna pump up the crowd when he goes out there. It's not just it's not gonna be a normal first pitch. Someone's just going to throw it. He'll probably start waving his hands up and getting the crowd going and deliver that pitch. Who knows who's going to be catching it? I would have no idea. Uh, Musgrove wouldn't be because he's going to be walking in from the bullpen probably and he wants to be focused. Jake probably wouldn't even want that to happen, but maybe it's Trevor. Who knows? Um, maybe it's Tater. Maybe it's maybe another starter. Maybe it's Snell. I don't know, but um, maybe an one of his teammates from um, 2006, 2007, whatever. So I'm excited for tomorrow. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Padres are one win away from the NLCS. Wow. All right, let's keep going through the chat here. Doe says, maybe Kronor's trousers are too tight this season. He may play better without the pants grabbing his ass. Dude, this guy's been one of the best Padres in this series. What are you talking about? Game two, the guy... Let me let me go through game two. There was a lot of things that happened with Kronor in game two. Grounded to first. That brought in the go-ahead run at that point. It was 3-2. He scored the go-ahead run, which was made it 4-3 at that point. And then he hit a Absolute bomb in the eighth to give Hayter another insurance run to make it 5-3. He was one of the MVPs of that game on Tuesday, or Wednesday, for game two. And then tonight, if they don't have that run that he drives in, it's a 1-1 game. Maybe we're still playing because there's no runner on second base in extra innings. Like, he's been huge. So I don't I don't understand that comment at all. He is an all-star this year. He's been one of the best players in this series for the Padres. Yeah, he didn't have a good Mets series. Okay. That's baseball. Mike says, put the best offense on the field tomorrow. Let Brandon Drury hit behind Machado so we can actually see some strikes. They might, I think they will have Drury hit tomorrow as the four hitter. And then the rest of the lineup be the same with uh, Anderson on the mound tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, I agree. But I think Myers is playing first. I I, I can guarantee you Myers is playing first base. Oh, there we go. Long ball prod going tomorrow. Cool. I'll probably be by the Padres dugout pregame during like batting practice and stuff. So anyone that's watching or listening, feel free to come say hi. Mike. Okay, Mike's a downer here, says nobody watches the WNBA. It was a terrible choice for the first pitch at Kelsey Plum. She's from San Diego. She just won a WNBA title. She just won uh, the Women's Basketball World Cup title for Team USA. She went to La Jolla, La Jolla Country Day. She was wearing a Padres jersey. Darren Waller was wearing a Padres jersey with her. I mean, I understand you could have went with a Padres player. Some people wanted Hoffman, but I understand the logic by the Padres' decision to, to save Trevor for later. I know that it would have been great him to come out, out of the bullpen or something from Hell's Bells or two Hell's Bells uh, and fire up the crowd. But this Padres ownership, the front office, the decision makers, they believe that this Padres team will beat the Dodgers. That's why they didn't use Trevor today for the first pitch. And they're going with Jake tomorrow with Musgrove on the mound. That's a perfect choice. If you're going to hate on Kelsey Plum, go ahead. I am not going to be one of those. I'm one of her biggest fans. So you're talking to the wrong person to be saying that was a terrible choice, to be honest. And Emma Stone. That would have been the pick probably, but she was not there. Her husband was, but she was not there because I think she's – or Eric Gruppner said she was not in Southern California. She's probably in New York or something doing a project or whatever. She's. She, I assume she's busy. Um, and she went to that Potters game because it was in New York, I think. Uh, if they do get to the NLCS or the World Series, then look – I think they're going to have to fly her out. I think that's obvious, but I like the choice that they made today with the first pitch. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks that, but I'm proud to be the only one then if I'm the only one. Um, Luis here. Again, I I love going through the chat here. I can do this all night, to be honest. I mean, I I love – look, this is the postseason. NLDS, NLCS spot on the line tomorrow for our Padres. I love talking with Padres fans right now. No better time. October, baby. Luis says, it's really hard to believe that we're one game away from the NLCS. Also from the TV, the Dodger dugout body language didn't look good, and I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, watching on TV for you guys that were, I'm sure that they showed a lot of shots of Dodgers players not looking too great or Dave Roberts not looking too happy. Because, look, the national attention, it's on the Dodgers. The national pressure is on the Dodgers. It's not on the Padres. The Padres were the ones that won 22 less games than the Dodgers did this year in the regular season. They were the ones that were the heavy underdogs. Everyone had the Dodgers easily going to the World Series. And that might not be happening anymore. It could. You know, they're a great team still. They could go win tomorrow, beat Musgrove, uh, and have Arias on the mound game five, and then they'll probably be the favorites for that. But right now, the Padres are playing better than they are. And yeah, I'm sure it was great to watch on TV. I mean, it was better to be there in person, but for those that watched on TV, it was probably really cool to see the Dodgers mad. Louise says, Grossamont High School better be hyped up tomorrow for our hometown hometown boy, Joe Musgrove. They will be. Uh, The whole city of San Diego is going to be. I mean, I went to Helix, and that's, Grossmont's rival, biggest rival, probably. Um, You know, Joe played on the same fields I did. And uh, I don't care. He's a Padre. He's a San Diego kid. It's not about Helix versus Grossmont or Grossmont against your high school that you went to. No, he's a San Diego high school guy, Padre fan growing up, idolized Peavy, wears 44, first no hitter in Padres history, huge start, game three against the Mets. He's a legend in San Diego, and it's about San Diego coming together and cheering on Joe Musgrove. So, yeah, everyone's going to be hyped up in the city. Musgrove eliminating the Dodgers, that would be an amazing, amazing freaking script. And I hope that that script doesn't end there. I just hope that that's the middle of the script for this postseason, if you know what I mean. Luis, uh, I might have already answered this question because I'm a, I'm like a half hour behind on the chat, but he says, Ben, what time did you get into Petco and how bad were the lines to get in? I have tickets for tomorrow and I want to be prepared. Well, I don't know if you have season tickets. If you don't have season tickets, the gates open tomorrow, I want to say at 4.30 because it's a 6.37 start. Um, for season ticket holders, I believe tomorrow the gates open then at 4, 2.5 hours before. I got there an hour before the season ticket gates opened and there were 20 people in line in front of me. So you're going to want to get there early. I mean, it's probably going to be an all-day thing if you want to go down there and eat somewhere before um, or you want to swing by Gaglion Bros on Friars Road and head down. Gaglion Bros, by the way, perfect spot here to do this. Sponsor of this episode, gaglionbros.com is the website. Friars Road is their main location. You can get them also inside Petco Park for at least another game. Hopefully it's more in the NLCS. Yes. But Peco Park, you can get him on Sunday inside Snapdragon Stadium. Hopefully the series has already been wrapped up and the focus can be on the San Diego Wave for Sunday, their first home playoff game ever in their franchise's history. It's their inaugural season. So I'm going to be going to that, and I'm going to be excited to cheer on the Wave there. And hopefully they can get that win against Chicago and advance to go play Portland. But that looks like that's going to, or it is going to be, the Waves only home playoff game this year so if you can go show that support uh but yeah and Bros, gaglornbros.com is the website um again Friars Road their main location Pecco Park and, and Bro and uh Pecco Park excuse me and Snapdragon Stadium or where you can uh go get that food great cheesesteak fries cheese steaks um and garlic fries and garlic fries with cheese on them there's a lot of different combos but yeah I'd I'd go down there early if I were you, if you want to get in there early. If you want to get in there, you know, two hours before or an hour and a half before, you can do that. My parents did that. They didn't have a line. But if you want to get there early, like first in line, then yeah, you got to go early. Wyatt says, appreciate your coverage as always, Ben. I appreciate it. Uh, Vikram says, L- LFG, Ben, great work all season. Hope to keep it going. I hope so, too. I don't want to be talking about, I don't want to be reflecting on the season tomorrow after the game, or excuse me, Sunday night when I get home from the Wave game and talking about the Padres losing this series after having a 2-1 series lead. No, 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 no. I want this thing to keep going. I want to be talking about these games, these playoff games, and we can wait to reflect on this season after a dang World Series parade happens, right? Let's hope that happens, huh? Doe says, Philly's Padres sounds exciting. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't even want to think about that right now, to be honest. Philly did have a great win today. I mean, that crowd is insane. The Padres crowd was insane. Philly's insane. Seattle's going to be insane tomorrow. Their first home playoff game since, what, 2001? Uh, Just wild. They've had it longer than us. I wasn't even born the last time they made the postseason. Christopher says, Ben, if we close this series, you need to stream with John and Jim. If we close this series, I'll probably have them on the show. Uh, but they're doing their own thing. I, I subbed in. You can at them. At them right now on Twitter. How's that? If you have Twitter, just at Jim Russell, at John Schaefer. I think it's at Jim Russell SD. Tag them and say, have Ben on the show tomorrow after the Padres win and beat the Dodgers. I'm being optimistic. I'm not guaranteeing that, but... Uh, course i'll come on but it is their show but yeah i'll try to have them both on um if they definitely if they close this series i'll have them on regardless i mean they've given me opportunities to come into the radio station and host the wrap-up show with them and co-host john and jim with them uh, so yeah they're uh, they've been great mentors for me Chips in Kansas and he said awesome crowd tonight I could hear them from here in Kansas please get more runs tomorrow I mean at Peco Park I don't know how many runs you're going to get uh, maybe they get more than two runs they do have the favorable pitching matchup tomorrow but as for your so I think it's going to be tough to get a lot of runs tomorrow but as for your crowd comment yeah the crowd was amazing tonight I mean as I said earlier it was in it from the start all the BLA chants and all that they were in it from the start. Um, waving the towels. I mean, such an engaged crowd. They all, you could tell they all wanted to be there, and that was like their best night of their lives. Tony Gwynn's probably uh, smiling up in heaven right now on this team, to be honest. And to see Tony Gwynn Jr. calling games and Jesse Agler doing a great job. By the way, Shout out to Don and Mudd tonight. Being at the game, they were sitting in like a suite or whatever because they, they're not calling these games, which is unfortunate. Don Arsillo's not even calling a postseason game, which is just mind-boggling to me. Um, he's one of the best announcers in baseball. I think he's the best because I'm biased, but that's just – I'm going to say it. I don't care. Um, but, yeah, Don and Mudd were at the game. They showed him on the Jumbotron. Don Arsillo actually retweeted the tweet that I put out. Uh, just legends, man. And to be honest, with the bright side of Don not calling any postseason games, he's not elsewhere. He gets to be in San Diego and watch that game with Mud as a fan. Like that has to be cool. I know they're gonna they'd be calling it as fans anyway in the booth, but for them to really enjoy it as fans, that has to be super super cool for them. Um, so I'm happy that they got to be together today at Petco Park and enjoy that game. they're not working they just get to enjoy it as fans you know that was cool but yeah i mean tonight you had alex morgan sitting first row with her husband you had dana white there ufc president his son plays for usd the football team he was in attendance tonight you had kelsey Plum in attendance uh with her boyfriend darren waller uh that was cool to see Uh, i think rob machado was there there were a lot of i'm sure there were a lot more people but just people on the Jumbotron. They, Dan Fouts was there. Um, my parents kind of went nuts for that. But, yeah, there were a lot of people there, and there's going to be a lot of people there tomorrow. Obviously, PV was here tonight. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, but he was with Don in that suite. Um, he's obviously going to be there tomorrow throwing out the first pitch. And I would think there's going to be a lot of the same high-profile guys, probably Bill Walton, Drew Brees. There's going to be probably some big names there again tomorrow. With the potential, I mean, the hometown kid's on the mound. That's enough incentive already. But with the potential to close out the Dodgers, I'm sure it's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of celebrities there. And it's cool for them to be wearing Padre stuff, you know. And It goes for this season. You know, Paul George and uh, the Nuggets were there. Kawhi, obviously, he's, you know, in L.A., but he's still wearing the Padre hat. It's cool to see this city being represented. Emma Stone, obviously, in New York with her husband and uh, some other guy from SNL. I'm blanking. I don't watch SNL, but some other big name from SNL was there as well. Um, So, yeah, it's cool to see San Diego being represented, Padres being represented. All right. Let me try to find some post-game comments from Trent Grisham, because when I was at the ball game, as I mentioned earlier, I could not hear what Trent Grisham said in the post game presser to Tom Verducci. So I want to pull up the audio here. Here is Trent Grisham after the game. Obviously, he had that huge go-ahead home run, made it two to one. Padres win two to one. I think it made it 2-0 at that point. My bad. But that, was, that ended up being the game-winning home run. You get my point. Here's Trent with Tom Roducci after the game. And this was not cut out. This interview was live. And he dropped the F-bomb in there. LFGSD. Here we go. What do you expect tomorrow, I mean? Uh, first off, I mean, San Diego. Y'all showed out tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was surreal being out there. Um, let's fucking go to San Diego. There it is. Tom Verducci said, well said. Yeah. And then they like inter- they like abruptly ended that interview right there. Tom Verducci was like, all right, we're good. And then he walked off. But yeah, huge night from Grish. Love to see him have that success. Man, so cool. So cool to see a guy struggle like that. I mean, it's not cool to see him struggle, but you get my point. Like, it's so cool to see that uh, path from struggling this year, being benched at one point to being one of the Padres' postseason heroes and being the Padres' MVP, I think, so far in the postseason. I'm just going through uh, Twitter here to see some quotes, if there's any audio. Blake said tonight, probably the best crowd I've ever pitched in front of. The energy was electric the entire time. Yeah, it was. Yep. Uh, still just trying to go through the chat here. Uh, here's Trent Grisham from 97.3 The Fan Area. He was asked what he was looking for at the plate tonight and what it was like playing in front of the home crowd. Here is Trent. What were you thinking there on the fourth and as You got that light uh, Big shutdown in For those of us watching, it's like, "Wow, Trent Grisham really—he's really keeping it up here in the postseason." But you felt locked in from the start. What has this been like, and how different is it than the season? All right, this audio is not good. Sorry. Uh, I was hoping it was going to get better. I was hoping Grisham was going to get a little louder, but. uh that's not the audio from the mics up close. That's just the audio from people sitting in the room. Um, sorry about that. But there are, there are quotes. So Grish said that was surreal. To see the city come together and cheer us like that was incredible. And they got their guy tomorrow. And he's talking about our guy. Like he knows it's their guy, Joe Musgrove. San Diego, San Diego kid tomorrow. Um, what a night. And what a night tomorrow is going to be. I just can't keep emphasizing that. Here's Jake Conorworth with Sammy Levitt of 97.3 The Fan. And he pa- I love this from Jake. He paused after Sam asked him this question about the crowd. And he paused, looked at the crowd, and you know they were still going nuts. We were still going nuts after that win. Like nobody had left. And then he continued his answer. But Jake, I mean, I'll play it here in a minute. But Jake, what I love about him is, you know, there's some players, uh, you know, when asked about, oh, how cool is this first time in a long time that the Potters have made the postseason, they'll say, yeah, it's been cool. These fans, they've waited a while. They deserve it. But Jake's like, no, we know, I know how long that they've waited. Some players might not. I know he's not saying this exact like some players might not know, but like he knows, saying it's been since 2006. I know it's been since 2006. they waited a long time. To have a home playoff game, and this was a special night, so it was incredible. So here is Jake Cronenworth with Sammy Levitt after the game. Since fans celebrated a win here at Petco Park after a postseason game, what were your emotions on that field here tonight? You can just hear them right now. This is incredible. They've been waiting for this forever. The team we got, laid all on the line. This is awesome. You talked a couple of days ago about this team coming together. What's the emotion in that dugout right now for this entire group? Man, everybody's pulling in the same direction. Doesn't matter if you're 0-4, for, for 4 everybody's pulling for you to get that big hit, and it's been happening. Lake Snell, five-plus strong innings. The bullpen getting out of trouble a number of times. Those pitchers right now, what do they mean to this group? Man, they're unbelievable. The intensity they've brought every single pitch, and the execution has been second to none. Jake, thanks so much. Thanks, sir. He put that perfectly. I love that moment. You know, that brief pause that I was talking about. That pause, if you see the video, he looked around at the crowd and was like, Yeah, this is amazing. This is incredible. You know, they've waited this long for it. Like, he gets it. He truly, truly gets it. And uh, it's amazing. And it's, uh, I know I've said that amazing word probably a lot tonight. But that's that's the way to describe tonight. Really, that's the way to describe tonight. Against the Dodgers, oh, 5-14 during the regular season. That's all we heard, right? You have all the Fox guys pitching picking the Dodgers. You had Big Poppy picking the Dodgers in three. That was wrong. You had A-Rod picking the Dodgers in four. That was wrong. That's impossible. All these doubters. The adorable little Padres. They're not the adorable little Padres anymore. They're not here to just be smacked around. It's the postseason. It's a new season. The Padres are here to come beat you. They are here to come shock the baseball world, the national baseball world, shock probably the sports world because we know with sports, the Dodgers, the Yankees, those are like the two big teams that fans that maybe don't follow baseball that watch those games when it's the postseason. So shock the sports world. If they can get it done tomorrow, there's no NFL tomorrow, get it done, that's going to be freaking huge. And that will shock the sports world, I think. It will definitely shock the MLB world. And all of Major League Baseball will be talking about the Padres beating the Dodgers and how much of a failure this Dodgers season was if what I hope happens happens in game number four. look. I'm confident that they can go win tomorrow. They have Joe Musgrove on the mound. I think they have the pitching advantage. I think they have all the way across. Starting pitching with Musgrove over Anderson and the bullpen. And the offense, well, it's doing a little bit more than the Dodgers the last couple games, and that's all that matters. Getting the job done. And the Dodgers are a good team. I fully realize they can go win tomorrow. They can win tomorrow and then on Sunday in game five. But I'm just soaking in this moment. This Padres win, the first Padres postseason win at home in front of a full crowd in Petco Park history. I didn't realize that till I was on the trolley tonight, and I saw that. Because in 2006, they didn't win those games. 2005, uh, they didn't win those games, right? So I saw that on Twitter somewhere. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But their first win in a postseason game, at Peco Park in front of a full crowd. Their first real postseason win. 2020 wild card. That was great. You know, the Tatis two home runs. Myers two home runs. Um, but this was something different. The Dodgers, the fans sell out 90%, maybe more, 92, 95% Padre fans, 5% Dodger fans. The crowd chanting Beat LA all night. You know, a big home run that people are always going to remember. The strikeout from Hayter to the end of the game. Uh, just a tremendous night. And, you know, the Don and Mud moment when they showed them on the Jumbotron. The crowd went nuts. And the crowd, the, the ground, excuse me, the ground was literally shaking at one point. And it was shaking for like two minutes solid. It wasn't just like 10 seconds. Oh, it was shaking. That was cool. No. I was looking to my right, and people were like, you see it shaking? Yeah. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just my mom. No, it was shaking. And uh, that was just an amazing atmosphere tonight. And I just can't say enough about uh, the crowd, everyone that showed up, and the people that were in line two and a half hours before the game to get in, uh, the crowd chanting B to LA" the whole night, uh, and then obviously... The players coming through against the Dodgers. You know you have Joe Musgrove. They knew going into t- uh, tonight, they have Joe Musgrove, the San Diego guy on the mound in game four. Wouldn't it be nice to have a chance for him to send home the Dodgers and end their season and have two ga- w- two games that puts his team into the next round? Two. The Padres knew that, and they said, yeah, we're going to go do that tonight. And that's exactly what the Padres have tomorrow night. 6.37 first pitch. Jake Peavy first pitch before that, so be in your seats if you're at Petco before then. But what a great night. This has been a fun episode. I appreciate everyone being here with me live or on replay. Subscribe to the Talking Friars YouTube channel, Daily Padres Content, not just the podcast, or not just this you know show, reactions to games, but pregame shows every day, uh, including like I did today at Petco Park, and breakdown videos. I have a couple of those out, Grisham's performance in the NL wildcard, Brian Kenny's comments, and just picking apart those dumb comments about Joe Musgrove. Yeah, Musgrove responded to that recently, so you can check those out. A lot of content on this YouTube page. For the podcast listeners, I appreciate you as well. Go Padres! Thank you so much for tuning in, and hopefully I'm coming to you after the Padres have moved on to the NLCS tomorrow night. See you, everyone. Go Pods!